And he wanted me to say it to him, though. Easy, that's the type of dude he was with. He's like, man, let me hear it. I'm like, nah, I'm not going to do that, bro. Like, nah, I ain't doing that. And he kept pressing me until I did it. And then he was like, you cold-blooded, man. How you going to come up in my spot, man? And you, just the type <laughs> of way you feel about me, right? I'm yeah. like, Today's podcast is brought to you by one of the absolute best real estate agents in the Cleveland market, Tom Sugar with Howard Hanna Real Estate. Tom's here to help you understand the home buying and selling process. Um, he's here to ensure that you're also always going to get the best price, whether you're buying a home or whether you're selling a home, and his customer service skills are top notch. Give Tom a call at 216-406-2841. That's 216-406-2841. You can call or text him or visit his website, shugsells.com, S-H-U-G-S-E-L-L-S.com. Visit Tom Sugar, everybody. He is the best. So do you think it's kind of interesting that I did go to Compton? Oh, for sure, for, man. For, it's the, a, it's for a, a podcast? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, it gives you a, another perspective, you know? Like, it's one thing seeing something on TV. It's another thing to be up close and personal, and you'll get a, you know, right. different understanding about why. Because, you know, a lot of times when people prejudge people, they have no idea about the background of those people. And so you just see the behavior and you don't know exactly where it comes from. Right. You know what I mean? But if you, if you like, if you're there on the ground floor and you get to experience it from there, then it'll, it'll, it'll help you understand them a little better, you know? Going down there was obviously crazy, but I don't feel like the Crips and the Bloods are as, like, I mean, at least those guys, everybody didn't seem as brutal with each other. Like, there was not, like, a ton of beef. Yeah. But I feel like back in the day, there's no way those conversations would be Oh, grabbing. yeah, bro. Um, you know, times change things, you know what I'm saying? And that's, you know, for, for that lifestyle, it's fortunate. Um, but, yeah, it never was like that before because uh, I was telling some people the other day, when, when I was a little kid, the Pyrus used to try to come and kill us like grown men because they didn't want us to grow up, you know what I mean? <laughs> They used to smoke PCP, you know what I mean? Like, oh, for real? Yeah, bro. They used to, like, PCP was the drug back in those days. And uh, these dudes would be off of that shit, and they'll come to my neighborhood. We'll be on big wheels and bikes, and they would literally try to kill us because they didn't want us growing up to be Crips. That's you know crazy. what I'm saying? And vice versa. It happened on their side as well. That's how crazy it used to be. That's when people, like, if you had a red shirt walking in the wrong place, somebody would just come up and kill you, and you wouldn't even understand why. Like and, that's, and, and that was it was as simple as that yeah it was simple as that okay yeah like the boundaries was that you know stark you know what i'm saying was like that a, a thought that went through your brain and through your head every single day when you walked out of the house absolutely okay yeah you have to i mean yes just the reality because you lost you've already lost people around you so you know it's it's, it's very real you know how many people do you think that you've lost in your whole life i can't even count I, st I stopped counting a long time ago. To really? Be yeah. Really? That's yeah, we've lost friends before we was 18. Um, like from our elementary school, bro. Like before we even graduated high school, I can say about at least 13 or 14 people. Damn. Yeah. Damn. See, in my high school, it was drugs. Yeah. Right? Like heroin? Like overdosing and shit mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, right? it was, everybody was pretty much after school. A couple of people died during, during my high school years, but the ODs were huge. But... I grew up in a neighborhood where, you know, somebody getting shot was just, I don't even know. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Happen. 
You know what I mean? It wasn't a, it wasn't even a thought. I know you grew up in Compton, but give me just a little bit of background on like what you'd like everybody to know about your upbringing and what, where you really come from. I mean, I grew up in Compton. Um, I, I lived in between Compton and Watson. They're, they're twin cities. They're neighbors, you know, neighbor, neighboring cities or whatnot. When I was young, you know, we, you know, the typical story, we was poor, underprivileged or whatever, but I didn't really, really know because, you know, I was just a kid, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I didn't really know what we had or didn't have because everybody I grew up around, besides very few, was in the same condition as me. So it was like, but you know, it was fun. Like we, we, were, we, were, we were adventurous. We was always outside. We would ride our bikes to, to three and four cities, you know what I'm saying, over. Yeah. So we did a lot of things like that. But I did experience a lot of things that I shouldn't have at an early age. You know, seeing drugs, seeing people use drugs, seeing people die from drugs, seeing uh, drug deals. You know, drugs was being sold at my out of my house. You know, like these two guys used to sell drugs out of our house, bro. And we were still doing bad, which didn't make sense to me. Like when I got older, I was like, yo, you know what I mean? Like, cause when I was young, money like, right now. Exactly. Yeah. And then like, you know, looking back on it, I recall one day playing outside in the backyard and I seen a mountain of drugs on the table, like a big old, you know, now I, I know what it is. Yeah, like, of course. Like a big old white mound <laughs> of drugs on the table. And I'm like, yo, my mother's still struggling to get the food that we need to, you know, pay certain bills and things like that. And, you know, the older I got, I was like, yo. There's always money for drugs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's always money for drugs. But these things, that's what I'm saying. The guys who were selling it, you know, they were doing, they were so well off and we were still doing bad. So it was just like, but all those type of things, man. Um, It's hard not to idolize that, though, when that's what you're looking at and you see the cars and you see the money. Right. And you see that, like, when you're growing up around that. You end up being no matter what what you're what you're brought up in, absolutely. especially in that absolutely. situation, right? Absolutely, very few people escape that, man. Like some people, for whatever reason, I don't know what is you know what you would call it, but there there's very few people that deviate from from their upbringing. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. From, from statistically of how they should have been, but usually the majority of the people succumb to it because it's really all you literally see. Yeah. You know, it is. I mean, yeah. and for you, especially it being a negative thing. Absolutely. Right. Like death, like you're it's crazy to think about everybody that was in Compton, especially during that time. I mean, you're just at the end of the day, you're, it was you're just survive. Just survive. That's yeah. it. Just That's survive. It. And you're going to be OK. Yeah. Um, at what point did you meet Easy? I met Easy E in high school when I was in high school. You know, I, I started rapping in 1986. So around when Boys in the Hood came out. When it was still underground, it wasn't like on a major release. It was just like tapes and things around Compton. And once I heard that and I, you know, I was so impressed by it. And I was more impressed that he was from Compton. You know what I mean? Like, cause that, we didn't have anything that I, that I knew of at that time being like, what, 11 years old? Like somebody that I can look up to in a, in a positive light. Yeah, you know what I'm of saying? course, like, of course. And so like, I was, I was really like impressed by that. And then I start mimicking his rhymes and things like that. And then whoever else I can get my, you know, whatever tapes I can get a hold of, I would mimic their rhymes and replace their words with my words until I learned how to do it on my own. Yeah. And that's pretty much how it happened for me. And then in high school, I guess these two guys that uh, knew us since we was little, um, they were they they were, they come from the drug trade. You know what I mean? Of course. They come from the drug trade. And unfortunately, the way the drug trade is when you're on a certain level across state lines people know each other because you know once you make so much money in one city you got to expand you mm -hmm. know what i mean 
And so these drug dealers back in those days, they would have these different parties and things to where they rubbing shoulders with other guys from other cities. And what happens is when certain people start becoming snitches and informants and things like that, that, that thing starts to trickle down to everybody slowly but surely. And I believe this is just, this is just my conclusion. I believe these two guys probably was hearing some things and they was trying to get out. And so, you know, Easy e is their friend, you know, let us, let us try something, you know, something legitimate that could still keep us with the same lifestyle. So they end up pulling up on my street. Um, my brother Dreister, he was in uh, Youth Authority, which is like a junior prison. Mm -hmm. And he had a reputation, you know, for, for being a great rapper and stuff like that. And one of one of the guys he was in there with was one of these guys' nephew. So when he um, he came home, he's telling them about my brother. And then naturally, we lived in the same area, so they pulled up in the neighborhood and was like, "Hey, won't y'all do something for us, man? We heard y'all rapping stuff." So when we rapped for him, it was like, uh, "We'll be back tomorrow, man, to take y'all to the studio." They didn't say with who, right? You know, but I was home for a long time. Dreister was gone. I was used to people telling me these type of things, so I didn't take them serious. So they came back, Dreister, he fresh home from Youth Authority. He was home, he ain't had no, nothing else to do. So they ended up going to the studio with Easy e He came home later one night and was playing me music that he had with Easy, and I'm sitting there like, wait a minute. Yeah. You know what, what I mean? Like, whoa. Yeah, of course. Like my, my idol, you know what I mean? And so uh, the next time that we went to the studio, I stayed around this time, and. Then I went in there. You're probably waiting just, outside that bad boy. Yeah, I'd I'd been. sitting there looking at him like, no, nah, I can't believe this. Because <laughs> I never knew how tall he was. Easy was like 5'4", I think. Something oh, like for that. real? Yeah, he was a short dude. So I'm just sitting in there like, damn, this Easy e walking around the studio, man. Like, oh, shit. I'm just starstruck, so I'm quiet. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying not to make no noise. I'm just in there just like and nervous and all the shit. You know what I mean? I'm I would have been really nervous about yeah. that. 100%, dude. Yeah, bro. It's easy. So. And especially when it's your idol, when it's someone you've been wanting to meet. Someone Absolutely. That you, and, and when you're in that same space as far as, you know, being part of the music industry. Absolutely. And then having, that had to have been incredible. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was crazy. Like, right now, I can still picture it to this day. You know, the dudes, man, who brought us to him, man, they so cold-blooded because they knew, they knew a lot of things about me. And I had a, um, I don't know if you recall the Rodney King situation when, uh, with the police and things like that. And Easy ended up sponsoring the cop who told, who went against the other cops. Oh no way! So I didn't he, know he that. was doing it for publicity. You know what I mean? It was, <laughs> it was publicity for him. You know. So anyhow, I remember seeing this on the news, and that made me so angry. You know yeah. what I mean? Because the mentality I was in at the time, you got this, this young 16, 17 year old kid. Who grew up in it? Who's grown up in Compton and have a bad experience with the police? And now I see my idol, you know, supporting one. I'm like, nah. So I end up writing a rap when I seen that against him, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, you're not about that at yeah, all. At that time in your life, that's totally different. It was mentality. totally different mentality. So boom, these guys knew this, and they had they told him about it while we're in the studio. They telling me to say the rap for it. I'm like, what? Like, no way. I'm not going to tell this man. That. Yeah, yeah, of course yeah, not. Man, not. So it's, like, especially it's easy. And he wanted me to say it to him, though. Easy, that's the type of dude he was with. He was like, man, let me hear it. I'm like, nah, I'm not going to do that, bro. Like, nah, I ain't doing that. And he kept pressing me until I did it. And then he was like, you cold-blooded, man. How you going to come up in my spot, man? And you, just the type <laughs> of way you feel about me. Right? I'm yeah. like, I said, bro, you told me. He was like, okay. So he said, Let, let's do this. He said, I'm going to roll up 20 joints. 
And back then, this is what the Chronic, remember the Chronic album, Dr. Dre? Yeah, of course. So we had this weed um, in California. It was called Chronic, and it was orange and really sticky. Like you couldn't even keep it. I lit. know. You're trying to bust it up and stick it to your hands. Yeah, stick it to your hands. And you got to keep lighting it. Like no matter what, you got to yeah. keep lighting it. Anyhow, um, he would roll up, he rolled up 20 joints. And he only smoked the licorice papers, you know, the dark papers. Yep. Them the only zigzags he smoked. He rolled up 20 joints. We went and sat in the hallway of the studio. And he was like, I'm going to smoke half. You got to smoke the other half. And uh, we got to like seven. And I tapped out. Damn, you know dude, seven I mean? though? That's pretty good. Yeah. I tap out like by myself after like one. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm good. Like halfway through, I'm like, I'm, I'm, we're there. Yeah, you know, I had a high tolerance back then though, but. Because, I, I mean, I literally, bro, um, I think the first time I ever got high, I had to be like two or three years old because that's the type of shit our parents did. Yeah, like our really. Parents, they, they was, you know, coming from the 70s, you know, the hippies. But shit. they were just smoking the house. Yeah, smoking in the house. Like, they would only do it when people come over. So, you know, like black houses yeah. back then, you couldn't be in the living room only when company come. Really? Yeah. What? <laughs> what? No, really? I swear. You cannot be in that living room, bro. And they would only have people in the living room is when they're entertaining company that comes over. So where are you supposed to be? Like, is that like why all these movies are based in people's bedrooms? Uh, probably. You know what it's, I mean? It's like something. they're not hanging out in the living room. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's for sure. Now that I think about it. I don't really understand it myself, but that's just how they were. You know what I mean? And so I, I just recall being little and like, I don't know if you ever seen the movie Jojo Dancer with uh with Richard Pryor or not. But like if you if you notice, I mean, if you ever seen that movie, they family all come over, they all in the living room and, you know, they drinking, they talking and then they'll have the little kids to come and perform. Yeah. You know, dance and sing or tell jokes or whatever. And so that's how that's how our people were back in the day. And would you get in trouble if you were in the living room? Yeah, of course. Like, I mean, so you only theoretically, you just wander in there and sit on the couch. Yeah. I mean, you're just unless, not doing that. unless because, you know, like. In our house, it was like drinking and smoking. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, naturally, you know you're not supposed to be in there unless yeah. they call you. So when I was little, they used to call us in there and blow the smoke in our mouths. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, like God, sometimes, really? Yeah, bro. That's and then they'll have us high, and we in the living room dancing and bouncing off the walls and shit. No <laughs> so shit. So that's kind of how I got, that's how I became, you know, a weed smoker, to be honest. So now as I'm growing up, I'm looking for the roaches in the ashtray now, like, you know what I mean? When the, when the adults sleep, I yeah. go find a roach and I'll go make a crutch. I'll get the match back, tear it off. You know what I mean? And I'll go behind the house. You know, I might go. call my homeboy. You want to hit this? And now, now I'm smoking weed. That is fucking yeah, hilarious. Yeah, seriously, bro. bro. Yeah. That's hilarious. So what was the first song you made with Easy? Real, real, real MF and Jesus. Real yeah, MF yeah. and Jesus. That song. That song is the first that's song. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. So how hard did you pop off after that? I mean... Oh, man, my life changed, bro. Once that song came out, once it... Because, you know, the video came out first, and that's how usually back in those days, that's how things were launched. The video would come out before the song, actually, you know, to to promote it or whatnot. And back then, we had the Box Video channel, the Music Box channel, where people can order the songs up and uh, just play them as many as times as they wanted. And so, bro, that shit went number one on there. And I was still in high school, and I tried to go back to school after that, bro, and it was like pandemonium. I believe that. I, re- I had to stop going. Did you go to Compton High School? No, I went to uh, Jordan High School, David Starr Jordan. Okay. On Alameda um, in 103rd. Do cl- and, uh, this is going to sound like a ridiculous question, but do Crips and Bloods go to the same school? Well, 
This is around peace treaty time. So we did have bloods actually at our school. Okay. So this is when the 92 peace treaty that we had in LA, all the bloods and crips, the majority of the bloods and crips came together to squash all the stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? So around that time, bloods did go to our school. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It didn't last. Yeah, it didn't last. It lasted. How long did the peace treaty? Like eight years. Yeah. Lasted pretty long, longer than I thought it ever would. Really? I never thought it would happen to be honest, but you know. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, yeah for that song to go crazy, that was you, Drasta, and Easy, Easy, right? Yeah. And that's just still bro classic. Bro, I'm classic. talking about that song took me all all over the world. I've been in, I didn't I didn't been to like 19 or 20 different countries because of that song. <clears throat> you used to have cornrows. Yeah, I yeah. had long hair. Yeah. <laughs> what year is that? Ninety three. That's ninety three. Yeah. And at what point do you get arrested? I get arrested in ninety seven. You get arrested in ninety seven. Yeah, ninety seven, something like that. So fill in that gap. Ninety three to ninety seven before you got arrested. What happened in that space? Um. Okay. So ninety three to ninety seven. So Easy died in ninety five. So from ninety three to to uh, March of 95. It's pretty much touring. Touring, studio. We'll be home for a bit, doing things at home. And then we, it seemed like that time is like a blur because we was gone a lot. Really? Yeah. Was the road hard on you? Uh, it became that way because, you know, fucking rock stars, bro. Like, we out there drinking, smoking, having sex with all these women. Yeah, and, that and, and trying to be professional at the same time. <laughs> like, that <laughs> shit was... Yeah, it gets to you. That after was probably that. awesome, though, dude. <laughs> yeah, it was. So many chicks, probably just for Bro, no reason. Like you can't, you can't understand. Like just imagine, just this little ghetto kid. Now I'm, I'm doing these amazing things. Yeah. With, the, with these amazing people, and I'm coming home trying to tell people, and they just like, they looking at you, but they can't grasp it. You right. know what I mean? Like no, like girls are snatching you off the stage. Like women are just telling you they only want to. Yeah. Give you fellatio. They don't even. Oh, they don't want nothing. So, just like, so like women just come up and are just like, I want to fuck right now. And that's I it. never experienced nothing like that that's in my life. Awesome. It was Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I mean, I, I thought it was too back then, but it was the craziest thing I probably experienced. Like one of the craziest things I probably experienced in my life. So easy, easy apparently catches AIDS at some point. So they say. So they say. Yeah. And he gets sick. He dies. Did you see him in the hospital? Yeah, of course. Like, like, like the way it happened, bro. So we're actually, um, by this time, we was in a contract dispute, right? A little bit before these things happened with him. We were in a contract dispute, and we trying to figure out how to get out of this contract and get from under these people. Yeah. So the guys who was in a, a contract stuck to were the two guys who brought us to Easy. They had a subsidiary. It was called Toenail Records. It was called Toenail slash Ruthless. You know, Easy was going to allow them to have their own label under his label. Okay. Okay. And so in between, in between time, they end up falling out for whatever reason. They were friends. Be, you know, they, they grew up together. In between time, they fall out. Now we're stuck in a contract dispute. They're not getting along. So we had to figure out how to keep going on as artists, you know. And then we ended up signing to Def Jam through a subsidiary of Def Jam called uh, Outburst Records. If you ever heard of Domino, the rapper Domino? Yeah, I've heard of Domino. This is the label he came out on. And uh, the same guy who put out uh, DJ Quick, is ca- his ca- he called Greedy Greg. Okay. Um, so we ended up signing to Def Jam Records. 
And now me and my brother are working on our album, but Easy is still, we still rocking with Easy, even though we're not under his label anymore. Right. So we working on this song as a response to the Dog Pound called Dog Pound Killer. Yep. And Easy is supposed to be on a song. We're in the studio when Easy lungs collapse. <clears throat> like when he gets sick and he can't breathe, we're in the, it's just me, him, my cousin, and the engineer in the studio. And um, what happened was some artists, you know, because the studio is like, even though it's a studio, it's almost like a kick at spot too. So a lot of artists will pop in and pop out. So while I'm in the back, I'm not knowing the artist is pulling up and talking to him and stuff because I'm wondering why he's taking so long. So the, like I went in there and tried to interrupt him like three times. The last time I went in there, he was on the floor wheezing. <clears throat> he couldn't breathe. And um, they went and got his inhalers and stuff like that, and he was trying to use them. And just over time, he got progressively got worse and worse and worse. And then I went and told his bodyguards, like, you guys got to take him. And they came and took him, and then I, I believe like nine, ten days later, he was dead. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, that's wild, especially. So did, but he never knew he had AIDS. According to what I know, no. And symptomatically speaking, he didn't show no. Signs. I mean, I don't know how familiar with the symptoms. I'm not. Familiar well, I'm familiar. I seen my little brother, father pass away. He was a drug. I mean, you used heroin and stuff like that. So from uh, sharing needles with with people, um, I seen him. I seen him, his father, go through that. Yeah. So I kind of seen how it was for him, and Easy didn't go through none of those things. Yeah. It really makes you wonder. Yeah, for sure. It makes you wonder, and then Suge Knight's comment on. Uh, yeah, that exactly. One, that see one what I'm saying? It's just, it's just odd. Do you see what I'm saying, though? Yeah, it's see? just odd. Right. Yeah, I don't yeah. really agree with that, and I don't think. I don't agree with it, but I know Suge had something he was privy to. You know sure. what I'm saying? Like he he it was something he knew, bro. Um not to say that he had anything to do with it, but I'm just saying he was privy to, to some information because Shook was super ignorant. He was very ignorant. Like <laughs> like you I mean utterly. and that's what and that I say that more so because to go on national television and, and even say imply, something like that, right. Even as that a was joke. The, yeah, for sure. You know, that's for just sure. Cause if it was true, you know, it could have came and haunted him in the end. Think about it. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know, bro. I really don't know, and I really it's amazing made though, peace the, with it. But it's amazing that they, they're going so that they, they don't investigate that at all. They don't talk about that at all. Right. But, like, they're still sweating Tupac's murder. Right. That's what I'm trying to say. You know, but they haven't even thought about easy. That's what I'm trying to say. Right. That's what I'm trying to say. It put a dark cloud over his over his legacy you know what I mean? Because that subject is so taboo and nobody really wants to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, yo, it's like, man, Easy is responsible if you think about it. We wouldn't have Eminem. Think about it. Because Dr. Dre come from NWA, right? Mm -hmm. We wouldn't have 50 Cent. A lot of a lot of things we wouldn't have. The list is insane. The list is huge. And this is all a result of springing from, from his legacy. You know what I mean? Absolutely. He had the money. He started the label. He got the people together and he told Drayden what to rap about, what he wanted to speak to the world, even though he couldn't write it, you know, but he assembled the team to, to make that music, you know? So, yeah. And the only thing I want is for his legacy to, I wanted to, you know, I want him to get his just due, man, because just don't hear enough about him. We hear about all these other people. You know, we talk about Pac and, 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 and Biggie, like, you know, like they are greater than easy. I mean, not to me. Like, not that their music is not great, but easy. You know, come on, man. It wouldn't be. They wouldn't be here without easy. You respect the business side of things, I think, too. Yeah. In comparison, 
you know i think i don't know i think and i but i also feel like easy i don't know he was just so different in his style oh his, yeah his sound was just yeah, so different it's and, the most unique voice i ever heard bro yeah if you think about it like nobody has a who projects a sound like that yeah and he no was just the type of person like bro like you just had to meet him to know man like easy was a cool cool down to earth like he would have the same clothes on for three days he never really? he, he lived in mansions and all that bro and it was like he didn't really give a shit about none of that shit when you said that like you know his like legacy was tainted a little bit do you think the movie portrayal part specifically where he's like uh you know weighing out weed and shit like i know you said bro, in the past, that was that's something we it. that's definitely not a, a a true representation and that weed thing was something we was doing all along easy smoked weed he was a he was a he was a uh a, a connoisseur of marijuana you know what i mean yeah. so he would have when we because we had a house that we had you know what i'm saying well it was his but the house it was like a kickback house like this airbnb it right would be something like this and um when we when we're not on tour this is where we'd be at, smoking our weed, messing with women, you know, whatever we were doing. And he would have trash trash cans. And, you know, the trash cans you use for, like, three or four of those full of weed, bro. <laughs> you know That's what I'm saying? Awesome. Yeah, for sure. Full of it. We'd so just it was go, never we used to just get to go in that shit and dig our hand in it and fill our bags. Yeah. <laughs> so there was never, like, that conversation of, like, Hell hey, who's no. going to go grab the weed? It was, bro, just, it was just there. Come on, bro. Um. <laughs> Yeah, that shit is... I don't know who thought of that, and I think that's one of them Hollywood things that they try to add to a story to make it more movie-like, you know what I mean? But that was some total bullshit. I felt like they mm. definitely shouldn't have done that to make it more movie-like, simply because I felt like that was more of supposed to be a documentary type. Yeah. yeah I know it wasn't, per se, but it, it was it was definitely portrayed to be that. Um, and, but I, but I think I thought that was part was really interesting, but yeah. So when you were in the hospital with easy and saw him, were you, was he like in good spirits or was he just feeling like shit? And it was just an ultimate decline of health and like a very rapid. It wasn't no decline of health. Um, it it was, uh, a lot of worry in his face. Um, and then after, I'm going to say after a couple of days, we weren't even able to see him, see him anymore because of you know the frenzy that was at the hospital with people press and things like that trying to come fans and shit now they know where the hospital's at so it was a lot going on so eventually they had moved him into a different room and only certain people knew so it's like everybody else thought he was still in this one room but he was actually on a whole nother floor and uh the last time i recall seeing him he just looked it he he looked worried you know what i mean because I think he thought he wasn't going to live or he didn't know. It was just all news. You know, it was like... If you had to put your imagine. money... If you had your be- put your money on Suge Knight having something to do with it, what would you say? I'll say no. I you would, don't think so? Nah. You don't think so? I don't think so. I'd say yes. So if we ever find out, we'll find out who Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's go back a little bit to... I mean, we talk about... No one talking about Easy es murder and Tupac's murder, obviously, has always been a big topic you were friends with baby lane yeah orlando anderson yeah. which i think was really cool i guess my real only big question on this is how soon after tupac's murder did you see him was it uncomfortable for you or you already knew how kind of things already went down in vegas uh it wasn't uncomfortable 
for me because I just know how things go, like where I come from. Um, you know, being from a gang, man, like back in those days especially was some serious stuff. Um, and there was nothing you could do to one of us without some repercussions, you know what I mean? So that's just, that was normal. You know, I wasn't, I, I didn't trip off of that. The fact that Tupac's name was involved, that was a shocking thing because I was like, damn, you know, like. Did you know Tupac? No, nah, I never met him. Okay. But you just, as a fan, bro, like his first album that came out, I was in foster care and I went and bought it, you know what I mean? But I was just a fan, like a fan of everything about this guy. And I'm like, damn. But, you know, things like this, this one person is my friend, you know what I mean? And then when I seen the video of all these grown guys kicking him with, with fucking you know, hard, hard sole shoes and things yes. all in his face, bro. I was like, that shit made me mad, to be honest. And I was, and back then, I was wishing I was there with him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, but uh, I think I seen Lane not not long after this, and I'm only going off my memory. You got to think yeah, this is 1996 yeah, or 90. It was 96. So as my memory uh, serves me, he came to my house one morning, and he was like, "You seen the news?" And I'm like. I just woke up, man, waking up, looking at the yeah. He He's like, bro, these people crazy. They trying to associate me with this and that. And then now, you know, now the, now I see the news after that. And I'm just like, yo, I'm like, this shit is crazy. You know what I mean? <clears throat> I think crazy I, shit. I think it's like a friend. It's like, uh, and especially the code that you guys live by in those gangs. I think it's yeah. ridiculous. To, it's very ridiculous. <laughs> it, it's just, it's ridiculous yeah. to think about. It's just, it's and it's scary and it's wild, but yeah. it's what it was. Yeah. I also find it interesting that recently here in Vegas that it was Keefe D's house. Yeah, that man. That was raided. So, I mean, you wonder what he knows or what he's got going on, but wasn't he given immunity at some point? This is what I, this is like, I've heard, I heard some type of tape, um, I heard some type of recording where, yeah, he's supposed to had had um, I don't know what the agreement was called that he made with the police down in Los Angeles, and I heard the fact that now that he lives in Las Vegas and the crime happened here, that it didn't cross state that whatever Believe agreement that. didn't didn't did it doesn't count in Las Vegas for yeah. whatever reason, and I just think him doing all these interviews, bro, and saying all this shit, bro, and not understanding the repercussions, not understanding Pac have a lot of people that really love him. His, he got some of the craziest loyal fans on the planet, and I just think it was wrong for him to, you know, he should have let that shit stay where it was, and he'd have been okay. But from what I heard, I, from what people are saying on the internet, see, all this internet stuff is kind of crazy, but from what people are saying, like he was selling things, like he was supposedly selling things related to the crime, something like that. I don't know, bro. If you're selling things related to the crime, but it's all bullshit. But they didn't know. You know what I mean? So what's your? I mean, so like he was a pretty well-respected Compton OG, right? I mean, yeah. or was he like? Because I mean, all the I interviews I respected him at one time. I respected him at one time because okay. he was my friend's uncle. You know, it's like if I come to your house, this is your uncle. Naturally, I'm a I respect you. I'm gonna respect your family. You right. Know what I'm yeah. So yeah, I mean, in that sense, you know what I mean. I don't know him for being nothing other than like a they used to call a baller. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Something it. like that back in those days. Um, I was around him because of my friend, you know. But um, I don't really know a whole lot about him like that. Yeah, I get but that. I, but I knew him and I've seen him. I knew his brothers and everything like that. You know. 
I, yeah, I don't think he should have done any of the Vlad interviews that he did. I've watched a lot of those. Yeah. Um, I found found it to be interesting, and then and then if you watch the interviews, he catches himself up in lies every time he talks. Oh, oh man, I didn't show my I didn't show my boy right here several things. Ah, uh, it's it's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> it's unbelievable. He goes back and forth, and he'll say one thing, and then uh, he'll get caught up in it, and now he's got no choice but to just continue because yeah. you know going back once you got to the point where he's been going. That was like at one point he claimed he didn't know me, and he was like, "I don't even know him. Know, he's a I rapper." Saw, I saw that. And then he came back on another blog, and then said. That's my little homeboy. Like this dude, like make yeah. your mind up, bro. Yeah. But I, for whatever reason, people on the internet started liking him. I guess he started reading the comments, and I guess he wanted to be, you know, the new, the new internet sensation. I don't know. Yeah, he's about to be Las Vegas's newest prisoner if he fucking. Yeah, he better be careful. Yeah, yeah, you know, I just I can't, I can't believe that, but yeah. um, that wasn't surprising that 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 happened in the sense of who it was just because of the conversations that have been occurring over the yeah, past. Sure. I mean, it's been, what, like a year, not even, probably? Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's something crazy. So, easy passes away, but you, you get locked up. Yeah, I go to prison, man. Uh, it was like some crazy stuff, man. And I, you know, I didn't make peace with all the people that was involved with this. But, yeah, it was like a, it was a vendetta. It was like, so one guy in my neighborhood, one of his brothers ended up, dying at the hands of another person now naturally this person he's out for blood and he he was trying to harm the other guy's brother now because now this particular person is who actually quote unquote did the crime is in jail so now he's out for blood from from you know from anybody in his family one of my cousins was tight with the other brother and so one day they was walking to the store or whatever and this guy, he seen him, he pulled up, jumped out, shot him, you know? No shit. And this guy, is, this is my family. So um, when I come to the neighborhood, when I'm coming up the block, I just see all these people in the street, you know? So I'm like wondering. Now I get there, people running up to my car, they tell me what happened. I didn't even stop. I just kept going because I heard who it was. And I went up, I put up on their block and I jumped out, chased people, did my thing, came back around the corner. And the police came like five minutes, ten minutes. Damn, they were quick. They were <laughs> yeah. quick. The one time they're quick. Yeah, they were in the back seats of the police car. The other people who was out there. No shit. So they looking for me. I happen to have a um a candy apple green uh 5.0. <laughs> so I had the loudest car in the neighborhood. So they looking for this green. <laughs> so they looking for this green car. But I I was trying to be smart. So one of my friends have this long driveway. So I made them move all the cars out and I drove mine all the way up, you know, and made everybody block me in. And so in order to see my car, you would literally have to get out and go try to, you know? Yeah. This is what the police did. They came, they was looking, and they walked all the way back there. My car was there. They put put their hand on my hood and it was hot. So they was like, oh, he just had to be driving his car. So they was like, anybody who want their tar code? And I'm in the other house across the street watching them do this. Yeah. So they thinking I'm at that house, but I'm really in this house. So while they over there, the police coming, more cars. I just ran out this back door, started hitting gates and walls, and so I got <laughs> You're all the way away from the scene. And um, I actually ran on a crime for like a year and some change. Wow. And How then did you eventually, uh, <laughs> well, being on a run is a mug. I don't know if you've ever been, but. <laughs> I've never. But no. it's fucking. I've like, coupled overnighters, but, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, no, but, but it's I've like, it drives yet. you crazy, bro, because every time. You encounter law enforcement, you think they know you, like 
You know what I mean? It, it makes you crazy. You're a little. fucked. Yeah. Yeah. You're constantly paranoid. So probably. after all this time of uh, you know, going through this and not having, I kind of you know, I didn't have. They took my cars. So I didn't have a car, but I end up eventually going to buy another car. I just got tired of having people to pick me up and all this shit. Oh, I get so frustrated. And then I went and bought another car, and I swear, probably two days later, I was in Watts by the school I went to, and and the projects called the Jordan Downs, going to see my brother and some of my family. And um, coming out the house, the police came out of the projects and they threw their light on us. You know what I mean? So we in two cars, th- they car behind mine. So I'm thinking, it's more guys in this car. Maybe they'll pull them over. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. in the car by myself. <laughs> so boom, they end up letting them go and they got behind me. No. So I pulled over and I never turned my car off. And I'm just like, yo, I don't have a license. I don't have an ID. It's 10 o'clock at night <laughs> and I'm in this gang territory. Like, what's the. <laughs> Nothing good can't come out of this, right? So I'm just looking in the rear view, and I'm like, I don't know. They they on the thing, like, turn the car off. And I'm like, nah. Yeah. High-speed chase. Yeah. So, I wouldn't have stopped either. You're already running for man, a year and a half. Yeah, high-speed chase. Fucking ride that bitch into, you so know. So we, we, we flying up these one-way streets the wrong way. You know yeah. what I mean? Hitting these dips. It's rainy. This is, this is during a rainy season in L.A., so it's puddles of water everywhere. I'm in a 5.0, and then the, the one-way streets are the T, you know, the T section where yeah. you gotta like t- make a total stop in order. So when I get like probably halfway, my car back tires lock up, jump the curb, hit a church, boom, have a wreck. The police wreck behind me, and I'm I, I'm I'm in a car dizzy for a minute. I chip my tooth on the uh, on the steering wheel, so I'm in the car dizzy. I try to open my door, stuck. I kick it, boom, boom, jump out, and now the foot chase now. Yeah, you gotta so keep I ran. I ran until my legs literally gave out. Really? Like I swear to God. <laughs> you I, yeah. Like that's that's a, probably the greatest adrenaline rush. Yeah, ever, it was though. the it was crazy, bro. Um, dogs barking in this neighborhood all fucking night. I, I'm hiding in the I'm hiding in a tool shed, but that's on the ground. It's like a makeshift tool shed that these people built. I just wrote it was on the ground, like so it's got a latch like this. You pull up, it's just rake shovels. Yeah, that's what you're talking about. Yeah. So I rolled inside that shit because I really was crawling. I, my legs gave out, honestly. So I crawled in the shit. I'm laying on all this shit. <laughs> and now I hear the helicopter come. You know, oh, the worst. Helicopter dude. come and it hovers in it because the dogs would not shut the fuck up. And that's really why the police like knew I was still in that area. So I see the helicopter, see through this little bitty crack. I'm like, fuck, this helicopter up there, like shit. And so the, I guess they looking, you know, the infrared, they looking for body looking heat for and shit. And I swear, bro, they left, you know, because I guess they only have a certain amount of time where they could actually be up. So they actually left and I, they must have went to gas up because they, they pulled off and then they came back. I was starting to fall asleep. I was gone so long. No way. Yeah. But then I hear the helicopter again. So it woke me back up. I'm like, fuck, these people would not stop looking for me. And then I guess they just went house by house process of elimination. Till they came to the house I was in. And they found it. They found me in that damn shed, bro. And uh, they beat the shit out of me. Yeah. They were so mad because they wrecked their car and shit. <laughs> I heard I heard the sirens go, you know, because they Yeah, like that. Yeah, like that. Yeah. So they was fucking mad. And I ripped my hand right here on the gate. The first gate I jumped up on, I guess my hand got stuck in something. Oh, so I just fuck. ripped it off. So I was that. bleeding and everything. I didn't even know. Oh, I didn't feel none of that shit. Because the adrenaline just cooking. Yeah, bro. Yeah, you were. So uh, I was on. Yeah, and that's and it was an attempted murder charge. Yeah, and you did ten years. Yeah, ten years and four months. 
Yeah. What's it like being in jail for 10 years? And what is your mentality when you first get that sentence? Yeah, the, the, the mentality is you don't want to do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, it's like the hardest thing to come to grips with, bro. Um, because, you know, the, the craziest part about it all is like, it's like I was doing everything to get there. Yeah. And then when I actually got there, I didn't want to be there. You yeah. know what I mean? And that's, that's the experience for most people, especially when it's your first time. You know what I mean? Facing a life sentence and shit like that. You know, you, you adapt to the situation over time. It's like once you spend some time there, it, it becomes normal to you. You know what I mean? Which is scary, I bet. Yeah, it's weird. Like, it's weird to think about, but it, you already know what to expect once you're there for a while. So it's like you just adapt to, to the situation and, and handle it. And that was an, um, originally you were facing a life sentence. Yeah, like what I, they I believe seven, 17 in life. What they give you? Uh, t- I took a deal, actually, oh, a plea bargain. Yeah, yeah, I pleaded out. Um, cause the case was flimsy as shit. Cause the people who initially made a statement, they all changed their statements and things like that. But some people actually skipped town, and so they was looking for people like to subpoena and things like that. And some people who got subpoenaed skipped town, and then they end up finding them like nine months into my case. And then, like, it just kind of made it. My lawyer was like, once they found these other people, they made, they brought it back to a 50-50 thing. Right, right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. It becomes not worth the risk. Nah, it wasn't worth the risk. Especially with as corrupt as, as the system is. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just got off probation, so, you okay. know. Yeah, like, and you know how it is. It's meant to keep you in the Absolutely. system. Absolutely, yeah. A lot of people don't realize that. Like, you do the smallest thing, And they'll you take know. you in, yeah. Yeah. And then the they'll keep this thing. trail on you, yeah. It sucks, man, like. You know, if I had I known any better, man, I uh, I would have never got caught up in that. So I'm, I'm using the restroom. It's like 10 o'clock in the morning. I'm actually on the toilet. I'm taking a shit early in the morning, bro. My cousin run in the fucking bathroom with the cops behind him. Oh. Because I guess he was trying to run and flush it. You know what I mean? But I'm on the fucking toilet. The yeah. police, the door busts up and boom, the police right there. I got a whole ounce of cocaine in my pocket.